it for your punishment, slave. I sometimes scream out, no. When really, I mean, yes. Yes, yes! And this is why we have the safe word. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. She's not a Christian! Hey, this is Jason Rouse, and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. I'm here with my uh, recent friend, Ari Manis. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> we're, we're at your house. We're at the Stand Up Talk Studios. Oh, is that what it, this place is? I've seen a lot of yeah. comedians kind of roaming around here, like, uh, like yeah. free range. Yeah, I, uh, I've, it's kind of turned into a little bit of a hangout. Uh, there's comedians here pretty much at all times, it seems like. It's weird, though, be- it's like somebody was telling me Doug Stanhope said that he could he could quit comedy, but he couldn't quit comedians. Yeah, and we are kind of a rare breed of society. That in a group outside of the comedy industry, you're like, what do these people have in common? <laughs> what a mixed bag of 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 just the, the uh, physicality from destinations and everything in between, tastes in fucking politics, food it varies, and uh, yet we just tend to. Uh, have this fucking sickness. We have this weird bond over <laughs> our need for attention. It's fucked. But you, at a glance, between the two of us, people would look at you and go, uh, you know, you're a well-rounded individual, uh, an asset to society where I get strangers spitting on me. Uh, yet we, we still enjoy doing the same thing and practicing our craft. It's, it's an odd uh, Yeah, it's weird. Kind of thing. Even though we all have that in common, comedians are all so different. Like you said, there's some people that used to be doctors. There's some yeah, people yeah. that used to work at McDonald's. There's some people that were bums. There's drug addicts. Definitely. All sorts of folk. I'm kind of in the middle of that. So when I hear a doctor leaving his practice to do stand-up, it kind of makes me feel like I've made a bit of the right choice, too. Yeah. You know what I mean, somebody that has a successful academic uh, business you know uh, uh, um, an asset to society on a, a medical profession or something like that to leave it and hang out with the village idiots is uh is always a cool thing to see yeah sometimes it doesn't work for people that's gonna be a fucking because i you know i started from zero and for somebody to come like you know what you know pulling like a rodney dangerfield or something how many of those cases are become successes you know right you know guys in maybe in their 50s and they decide that you know what they're going to close up shop and follow the dream the wife hates them leaves them the kids are like you're insane no no i'm gonna go to hollywood i'm gonna be a star (laughs) and then cut this six months later and you get a 50 year old guy with a gun in his mouth at the uh, sahara hotel (laughs) next to the strip club uh that that doesn't sound like fun doesn't it's it's sad (laughs) (laughs) it's sad when you see uh someone who's really old and they just dropped everything in their life to start stand up. I mean, I guess for them it's like an, a weird freedom. So maybe it's not sad, but from an outside perspective, it's interesting because they're like, "Wow, is that guy? It takes years to make it and stand up most of the time, and he's starting at so such a late age. How is that going to work?" Yeah, yeah, it is definitely a thing that you get better at with practice, through yeah. time and repetition, and 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 being there. Uh, but to walk in off the street, because I was very uh, uh, had delusions of grandeur out of the gate. I had done my uh, first show, went great. Second mm-hmm. show went great. Third show, I fucking died. <laughs> but I really thought in my head that I was going to record this 
and put it in an envelope and send it to Hollywood and say, I'll be right over. Yeah. And, uh, and that was not the case. That you, you definitely learn how to uh, fall flat on your face time and time again. But it's cool. It's, it's very, um, very uh, uh, raw, naked kind of thing to do. But you, you're not actually completely foreign to this because you are originally from California. I am. I'm from, I was born and raised in San Diego, just two hours south of L.A., and uh, I've been to San Diego uh, briefly a, a handful of occasions. It's gorgeous. You know, the beaches, the food. Best excellent. weather. It's fucking great. Great girls, great beaches. Yeah, great I bet. You must have got yeah. spoiled in high school. Uh, I actually got sent away to Roswell, New Mexico for high school, for military private school. Private school. Military, private. All dudes. Yeah. It wasn't all dudes, but the girls were butch. Beat, yeah. beat punched out whiskey pigs. Yeah. Kind of girl you fuck with an apple in her mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the kind of girl you just don't fuck. Well, I can trump that. Because I was sent to a school, uh, not because of my academic Adelaides or what a success I've had. Uh, it was an all-boys vocational school. One of the two worst and roughest schools in the city. There was a sister school called Albion uh, on the um, escarpment of the city. But it was all dudes. It was a fucking nightmare. But you, this was it, for high school? Yeah, you guys for high that? school. But did it get a militaries like are not really known for uh, a lot of compassion? No compassion. There's no love. <laughs> it was, but would you say that being at an all boys high school at the age where you're kind of starting to think about girls a lot more and pursuing girls, did that uh, ruin your game? Like when you got out of high school, <laughs> did you find it harder to talk to girls or easier? Oh, totally. I had no point of reference. My right. mother, my aunt, grandma. You know, I never had that wasn't uh, in my radar. I was just worrying about surviving the day. Yeah, I and feel then, the same way. And then I was in a, a very kind of, I was hanging, my friends were skateboarders and BMX and stuff. So it was very, there was, wasn't a lot of chicks hanging out. But when a girl did come around, it was, it was a lot of just drooling dogs who didn't know how to communicate with opposite sex. <laughs> but it took me uh, a while. I was very shy and stuff too. So comedy kind of really just opened it up and. I could talk. Comedy was the cure for your shyness? Yeah, I think so. I was always a jackass, but it was all (laughs) alcohol-fueled idiot shit. And then um, comedy just kind of gave me more of a purpose with it. I was very lost for a long time. (laughs) Comedy saved you. Comedy saved my life. That's good. That's a t-shirt. What would the face look like? Like um, Corky from Life Goes On or something like that? Something. Yeah, so <laughs> someone that it didn't really save their life. Yeah, Rocky Dennis. Rocky, I don't even know who that is. You really, haven't seen the movie Mask. It's the, guy, the Mask with the, Jim Carrey. No, 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 no. <laughs> the one with Cher. Nope, haven't oh, seen it. It's one of my favorite comedies. It's uh, it's Cher. You know Cher? Yeah. Um, uh, she in the movie she plays the mother to a son who has uh, elephantitis on his face, uh, a kind of elephant man esque. Uh, face to him and uh, I think he falls in love and you cry at the end with laughter it's, so it's a, it's it's a sad movie it's a real even though it's a comedy <laughs> it's fu- it no, has it's a realness to it it's not a comedy oh. people are like scowling listening to this right now because <laughs> they, they know it's anything but hilarious but it's heartwarming yeah. uh, for certain types of people but uh, I th- still think there should have been a laugh track to that whole thing <laughs> I think it would have been better you could re-release it yeah, Jason I think Rouse it was version. like an early Dumb and Dumber. It was cool. The, the Jason Rouse version with the laugh track. But how did we get to Rocky Dennis? What were we talking about women in your school? 
The, you could women. Bring a whiskey it was just, bottle. It was um, just butch women. And after that, I don't know how to talk to girls. Anomalies, some specimens there. There were. were. There was a few pretty girls. And just harassed religiously. Exactly. Imagine how much they got hit on. So I'm not going to be. I'm too nice to just jump in with the guy. They probably turned to the other girls because you guys were so relentlessly. Probably. Some uh, of the time they were probably turned lesbian. Some of the time they were probably giant whores. Yeah. Or in some of the time they were probably just super defensive. Oh, yeah. They've been pulling out pepper spray for a while. Yeah, and they should. It was a rough. Our, rough I guess the point is, it was shitty to go to school with a bunch of dudes. It was not my <laughs> ideal <laughs> life choice. I, <laughs> and the shitty part is, I wasn't sent there for anything good. Uh, I was sent there because I was a shitty student. So I had to go through three, maybe four Catholic school districts. Now these were co-ed schools, so I had to deal with the hottest. Girls in kilts on the bus through the city as all these girls got on. So I had to go through the fucking Satan's basement over there to learn school after I'd just been through a pussy riot of the hottest high school girls I've ever seen in my life to go in and hang out, get kicked in the balls by a guy with an Iron Maiden shirt. (laughs) No thanks. (laughs) It fucking licked. But then uh, what what happened after high school? I guess you go to nightclubs. That's where I started to meet girls. Yeah, see, for me, it just never met. After high school, I went to college and still didn't know how to talk to girls. You know, I met a few at some parties. I had a girlfriend. Sure. But uh, you weren't going out of your way to make conversation with the opposite sex. Yeah, like still if she can't. interjects, okay, I'll play along and we'll get through this the best we can. Yeah, and that's about the way it is now. I'm still not... The type that can go to a bar or a nightclub and just meet a girl. I can't either. It has to be a very unique situation. I got yeah. My friends are always there. I don't have the I don't have the approach like that. Yeah. I don't I can't go up cold. I end up sending something anything else. I'll do it a kind of do or die situation. I'll say something completely off color and crass and find the one that laughs and find if that girl reacts there's a pretty good chance i'm gonna be shitting yeah that's a good way to look at i'm a weirdo and it's like totally if a girl gets me okay you're not looking for love you're just keeping from crying in public at this point (laughs) yeah come with me i'll run a comb through your hair and take the bugs out of your teeth (laughs) romantic words it is is. i am a romantic you ever buy flowers for a girl yes girlfriends not a girl that i wasn't seeing i've bought girls flowers three times and they were for each of their funerals i brought flowers <laughs> and after they they had passed unfortunately after dating you I, I, we were in the court system they would say yes still dating during that time but uh i had a good alibi that's good but you know what sometimes we probably we'll have to delete this out We'll have to edit this out of the podcast. Oh, no. I'm in America. <laughs> <laughs> this was all done Great. in the Canadian Rockies. Oh, the, you know, lonely hikers. No, I think there was a guy. Actually, some friends of mine, are they watch a lot of serial killer documentaries and stuff. And there was a guy that was a, a hiker. Or he, he lived in the woods for years, and he was killing hikers on this path. In Canada? I think so. Wow. I might be wrong. That's a job. <laughs> I couldn't handle that kind of pressure. Well, would there be pressure? Because he just makes his own schedule. Maybe he wakes up one day, I'll kill someone today. Next day, I'm going to take the day off. That's a commitment. Who wants to go camping for years? How crazy? I don't know. Maybe because I I just hate being in the elements for long periods of time. Do you like camping for short periods of time? I do. I actually, I didn't until I moved to England and they 
I'd start booking me at these rock festivals. So you'd camp three, four, five days and then go and do shows at these uh, rock venues, uh, tents. And now, when field. you do, a, you're doing stand-up at these shows. Yeah, when yeah. you do stand-up, do you open up for bands or do they have a comedy portion of the show? It varies from uh, from show to show. Like there's a um, Download Festival and Reading and Leeds Festival. Glastonbury, I think, is one of the biggest, I think, music festivals in the world. Wow. Um, I think there's one in Belgium that might be bigger, but uh, they've been doing comedy at these these music uh, festivals in Europe for at least 10, oh, more, maybe the last 20, 25 years. In the early stages, um, I'm sure, because comedy and music, theater, is all very kind of put together. Yeah. Here, theater and actors, comedians, and it's very segregated, but uh, I find it when I was in the UK anyway that... There was a lot of crossover stuff that, and it worked great. I was so yeah. pleased because I was going to go see those shows anyway and watch these bands. So now they're paying me to go perform in front of three thousand kids at two in the morning in a tent that they've come to see you at. Um, so they'll have a, a massive tent, and most of it is they'll have like a stand-up for six hours. It will just be stand-up comedy. Oh wow! And there's usually the in, in some awesome. cases the MC has to MC a show, the compare as they'd call it, for. Th- approximately three hours and then another guy takes over and in that three hours the comedians are doing 30 to 40 minute sets in front of uh, okay uh, so i'm saying that wouldn't be that bad yeah but some of them but some of the shows aren't like that like glastonbury festival it's more cabaret so you've got a knife thrower uh, a fire eater a comedian a juggler performance artist a multimedia thing a poet that'd be harder and they're they're on I think twenty minutes at a time. The show goes I don't know. It's got to be an eight hour, six, wow. six to eight hour comedy show, and the comedian's going to go on every twenty minutes. Yeah. And the in the last act could have got bottled off, off the th- you know off the stage, and now you've got to go up and regroup it. There's very right. few people. I, I wouldn't want that. A couple of my friends have uh, do it regularly, but um, it's really cool. And then there's yeah, it varies, but most of it they'll have a setup for um, just pure the comedy tent that's cool and that's all it is is stand-up yeah and um sounds awesome things like that it's cool it's a lot of fun i, like I want to do that do you want to do music shows sure want to do anything right yeah get my that's feet a good wet attitude it's tough it's it's a um i thought the first couple times it would it didn't go so well but i found my groove on it and uh, right I could uh, see your act doing really well at that type of venue. Yeah, it's it's quite it's just a in a tent at a festival. Yeah, and it's good. They know they get it. it there's there's not a lot of ooey groany kind of stuff, right. and um, I'm happy to be there. And I think they can see it too. So you can kind of go a little harder. But um, where's your favorite place to perform in L.A.? <laughs> um, I don't know yet. Yeah. Ask me that question again in six months. In six months, you'll know. I think I'll know. I've got um, some things. I, you know, I perform out of all. Uh, it's so weird. You know, Sam Tripoli. Yeah. He's like, how come you're a regular at the Laugh Factory and you're not here at the comedy store? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Because J- Jamie runs a, a very kind of strict regimen of what he likes. And, and yeah. uh, uh, at a glance, what I do is not really uh, what he, you would think. 
he would enjoy. Yeah, I'm so I, I didn't even know you were regular at the Laugh Factory. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's kind of an anomaly. Of course, I'm later in the show for obvious reasons. Oh, but that's but yeah, uh, I'm content with that. Yeah, of course. And uh, I he'll you know he's he's relatively good to me and uh, and then the improv uh, I'll go there occasionally and and just go on shows um, here and there. Right. But I'm I really uh, the because of the history and stuff uh, the the comedy store. Yeah, that I place think is awesome. Might be where I find my legs because yeah. right now I feel like I, I, everything's very slippery, and um, and uh, I haven't really grabbed onto it yet. Yeah, as far as a home base, because I, I don't really see. I like doing Jay's show, you know. Jay yeah, the Davis parlor, show at the parlor, you know, and um, that that's cool. It's not necessarily uh, my audience, uh, but they're they're cool enough, and uh, but they can be a little uppity. I get the women there are fucking cunts. For the record, they're fucking. They're hot cunts. They're hot cunts, and I'm like, and I fuck them, really, because you see the guys. I didn't see. I know you went up uh, a couple days ago at the parlor. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't actually catch your set. No. Were there any cunts in that show? Is that yeah, why you say that? Yeah, there's always some cunts. Yeah. And that's the problem, but it's not. I get it. I understand. Look where it is in the city. What day of the week is? What kind of environment it is? That that's the audience who's going to frequent like that. And they're gorgeous. Yeah. They're beautiful girls. Yeah. Beautiful girls. And yeah. they know it, but there, there's been so much. I think guys are partly to blame because they've their sex appeal has become so much a commodity for them as a as a person and their, yeah. their values. Right. Pussy sell shit in Hollywood, in general, and uh, they've been bombarded with trying to keep dicks away from their mouth <laughs> so much that they're a little sour when they hear something in a sexual context or uh, anything that might be off color. They've been dealing with that because of the way they look. Is my backstory of my point of view on it. I don't know. So I'm not completely angry at them, but I try and get them to loosen up and come aboard. Right. I know that they're, they're in their gut. I'm trying to, but I don't have a lot of time to warm them up to me. So I kind of just spank them for a bit, <laughs> shake them around. A friend of mine, uh, he says, he goes, you know what your comedy's like? He's like, it's like being strangled and having your asshole fingered at the same time. <laughs> he goes, you're confused and uncomfortable at the same time. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, Strangled and asshole fingered. But these uh, these beautiful girls, and they, I think they're in, in, in indirectly in the business. Probably, uh, I'm assuming actors that bartend. Most of them in there, you think? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. If I were to yeah. judge them, because it is a weekday, they're oh. not working. They probably work Fridays and Saturdays. This is their industry night. They're probably all. Banging some producer. I hope so. Some someone that's higher Spread up. Spread the love. Them. Yeah, it is hard. I've had a, a horrendous time trying to meet girls in we, the city. Yeah, are you? You're seeing someone now, though, right? I am seeing somebody now. That's good. Good for you, <laughs> lucky guy. I don't know uh, how this is all going to unfold. I've had some bad luck, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, are you? Lo- are you the type of guy that is looking for love, or you're just looking for? Uh, no, yeah. I'm looking for Having a partner, partner that I can love because I've had some. I've been in it for love, and it's the bottoms dropped out of it on me. So yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I want a chick that can fucking roll with me and just got her 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 business together. You yeah, know what I mean, and that I'm doesn't tired. mind when you go to Canada for. Uh, That's tour. an issue. I've you know yeah. I've met some amazing women that I, if mm-hmm. I was in a different uh, job title. Uh, we probably would have been married with children, but yeah. um, who wants to be in a relationship with somebody who's away? You know, and I've st- I've slowed down. I cut my touring in, in probably about sixty percent of it from previous thirteen yeah. years, and um, 
but uh, I've tried, you know, and, and it's who wants to be with the guy who's away so much, you know, right. it's like a part-time relationship and people get lonely and, uh, and all that other shit. So, but it'd be cool. It'd be cool. One day. I'm picky. I'm like, I'm already, uh, I'll be 42 in December and I've never been married, never had any kids. But um, that's cool good, that. at least that you're smart enough to know, OK, I'm not going to get married because no, then we'll end up in divorce. You know, I've seen it through my own family and other families is a, is a uh, an observation or a study of people. And uh, I know what it takes to make a, a, a good family and what, what and who wants to, you know, have a father that's never there. You know, that's no one. No, no one that's bullshit. It. I don't want someone else raising my kids because I've got money or something like that either. It's bullshit. So, um, yeah, if I'm going to plant a seed, it's, I'm going to make it grow. Opposed yeah. to uh, peeing on it. As a, yeah, that's, <laughs> the, that's the way to do it. Or unless you're in Holland. They're cutting down everything there. The marijuana laws and stuff. I think they're, they're going to go to cards and stuff so that only locals can smoke. Tourists are being uh, Oh, I heard that in, in Amsterdam. Yeah, it's yeah they're going to they're gonna lose all that tourism. That's crazy. It's, I think they're gonna, just fed not up. Gonna be I really think anymore. they're just fed up with just Which, fucking drunk, yeah, drugged out fucking idiots. Right, babysit. They're tired of babysitting. Right, people go there and just get yeah, go nuts. They destroy. It, it's like Vegas, except at least the. It's, even, uh, it's worse than Vegas. And in uh, terms of people get even more fucked yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they don't, they don't think serious. they should see the problem is is people came so many pissed in the punch bowl, and they've dealt with uh, probably multiple deaths. And, and just from tourists being stupid idiots. Yeah. And because the police aren't around that much. Right. Like in the red light district, it's not like heavy with cops. In Vegas, right. cop, cop, cop. Yeah. Get off the road. Fuck you. Who are you? What are you coming to? Right. You know, they're, they're on it. You stumble around and the police, you know, there's big business going down there. So yeah, they, they pay for it. It's, so it's almost uh, like a military presence. Yeah. Uh, and in Holland, you don't really see that. You know, they're, they're cops available and uh they're not like hiding from the area but it, they're not so much policing the uh the environment yeah. and uh but the toughest audience is no doubt in the world i think the dutch really yeah so that's your least favorite place to no perform at? I, I did a, a show there at the lowlands festival i think in 2007 it was a rock festival and uh actually tool played and i got a, a comic hello there we go. Uh, I got a comic uh, from Canada into Tool, a few, uh, half a dozen years older than me, and uh, he's not really a music nerd. He saw the band Tool play at Holland with me, but that, that audience was great. We're smoking joints on stage. Yeah. It was an intent, again, an intent, and it was cool because it was only tented comedy show. They had put in uh, theater-style seating. So it was like doing like a, a small opera house and in, during a rock festival. It was really well put. Dutch are very... And they all spoke English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you find it... It's probably way different since English isn't their first language. It, it can be, to. but... It, see, that's the thing. It's Americans that don't travel. There's people in Europe going, you're fucking idiots. <laughs> they, 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 the majority of, of Europe speaks English quite well. And anywhere in any major city... And uh, I've never really had any problems like, you know, Slovenia, Croatia, Hungary, you know, Denmark, you know, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Norway. Their English is their all their uh, dialect is picked up from TV and film. So you've got people with U.S. based accents. They've never even been in another country. It's very strange. To hear. You'll, hear, you'll hear like 
somebody with a, uh, I don't know, a Southern California accent or something like that. I'm like, hey, what part of the U.S. are you from? And they're like, I'm from uh, Lulio. You know, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's interesting. But yeah, no, they they get it. They get it. You know, in, in some places, rural are obviously farming communities or something like that. You're, they're not going to be is um they can understand a lot of it but sometimes they just don't speak it as fluently yeah but uh you you get like people apologizing because their english is bad and i'm like i get everything you're saying you, you yeah, might be english is stuttering great. a little bit yeah yeah to f- find the word but when you say it it's perfectly pronounced you're just fishing for um uh the word but yeah it's good it's yeah. good i'm looking forward to going i'm gonna go back i think in the spring I now go do you you mostly do international comedy as opposed to u.s or canada based just all over the world mostly yeah anywhere uh any i've really just kind of been sourcing out countries and and places i've never been to um do you do you find that is because it's easier for you to get booked there or like how come how'd that happen for you why do you do so much international touring as opposed to like local or is it more fun for you to do that it's cool like again you know because i haven't had children Mm-hmm. And wife and stuff. I do have the freedom that a lot of people my age don't have. I can literally get a call now, and somebody mm-hmm. says, "We want to fly you out to Dubai to do a bunch of shows." Yeah, and I can leave. There's no second guessing or anything right. like that. So, uh, and I always wanted to be kind of a student of the world, you know, and, and kind of really meet and interact with people from yeah. all over the globe. And um, that that is, uh, and the U.S. To be honest with you, there's maybe six cities I really want to see here and experience. Because um, um, Canada, we're so bombarded by American culture. Right. You know, we embrace it, of course. But uh, I, I really get it. I already Before we even came to the U.S., I kind of knew what I was going to get. There's, mm. there's not a lot of Yeah, it's not too much not, different. I yeah. knew I wasn't going to be a big fish out of water because I said A. Yeah. Or a boot. <laughs> you know that wasn't going to be ah, and then they kind of move on but yeah. uh to go to uh, to do shows you know in um uh brussels and things like that and having no idea what what, to what, what is what is it but they speak flemish or french and some, there's some of the, they speak four languages okay, okay. and uh, okay uh or sorry belgium and uh having chocolate anyway yeah it was great and then the guy died the producer of the show died while you were there no the show it was called the comedy casino in ghent we filmed the show and the producer of the show he uh he was great he gave us like he was getting drinking with us like he's a producer he's doing the show and he's getting us fucked up smoking weed with us and stuff and it was just so much fun brussels uh or uh ghent in in belgium was uh fantastic i want to go back it's kind of rougher Slovenia was a different kind of place in Croatia. Not a lot of smiles over there. So when you go and get these international gigs, uh, or for example, in Ghent, where the guy who booked you before died, do you yeah. just contact the new guy and you're like, hey, I used to go there all the time, <laughs> uh, but the guy died. Can you book me now? Um, or I, I haven't been back there yet, but uh, the other bookers, no one's died. So I keep in contact. Some people will have me back. And um, a lot of it is Google, English comedy stand-up and the country yeah and then creating a relationship with the local comedy community yeah through friends that have been there or right. um, people that just want to fly out book me because of what they've seen online right a lot of referrals you've been in it 18 years but um the uh yeah it, it, 
they're just uh, the internet is, is just such a valuable tool. Anybody who's not getting booked isn't really working at what they're doing. Right. Obviously, being in L.A., it's a different machine. Also, New York, London, England, and things like that. But if you uh, are interested in learning your craft and going on the road, it's hard. It's definitely hard, especially as a newcomer. Having experience and some bullshit credits or something like that, it always helps kind of perpetuate you getting booked. But um, for the most part, it's just being persistent and right. at it. But, um, yeah, yeah what advice would you have for someone like me? Because you're... Well, you're you're a kind of unique I'm a year in. thing. You've only been doing comedy a year. This is probably one of the worst places to learn how to do comedy. Right. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that before. Yeah. Um, it's not a real place. It's not a real point of reference for people in right. the rest of the world. Um, I've heard mixed things on it. It's not impossible. I've heard mixed things on it. It's like because there are some good, you know, great comedians that come from LA, and people are like, it's it sucks because you don't get real audiences. You're performing. Most of the times for other comics or just Hollywood crowd. Especially at the crowd. amateur level. Right. Like, there's Especially no middle the class comedy scene here. It's these dirt road fucking coffee house bullshit right. bars. The bartenders talk and the TVs right. are still on. Right. The these mics terrible not working. Gigs. Or the Laugh Factory or the Improv. Right. Or the Comedy Exactly. There's, the no, there's not a much in between. There's six comics or six venues in between the, the bullshit. And then nothing else. And then you've got three thousand comedians in yeah. the city, maybe. Yeah, off, off the top of my head. But then on the other hand, and then actors trying you, to get. Oh yeah, on that's it too. the worst. <laughs> 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 the people are like, "Oh, I think uh, I'm going to try stand up yeah, this week. Get the just you know, monologue. so I could, I'm going to do this bringer show, so I can add it to my resume that I'm a comedian." Ugh. Oh yeah, I'm a comedian. You know, I get up once a month. Yeah, I'm a no, comedian. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Go inter- go and tour in the the you know the interior of British Columbia in February during a snowstorm, and you're driving. There's a cliff, you know, on the other side. In the roads, there's there's um, uh, you're driving through avalanche tunnels to go bomb in front of a bunch of fucking inbred retards. Mm-hmm. But you know the back money's going to get the gas money and the food to get you to the next gig. It's fucking retarded. Yeah, that sounds real comedy right there. But then I hear the other argument is that there's lots of stage time as far as mics, and it's so hard that if you can get people to laugh at these shitty lower-level gigs in L.A., then it's like you get to these big rooms and they're easy. The thing is... But I kind of think you need real people. You not only need, need real people, you want to be with people on a show and you're like, I got to follow that guy. I better get my fucking shit together. Yeah. And at that level, I, I've only gone to, I don't know how many these open mics here and there. I, I go. Sporadically. Yeah. And uh, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. It's really bad. And um, th- their friends are dying in the back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is this is uh, this is not helping any and the whole scene. You're you're poisoning it with your in, in uh, disingenuous response. All right. By la ha ha. If you're the only asshole laughing in the club, you're the only asshole in the club. Yeah. Pricks. Yeah. Luckily, as far as like stage time goes, I lucked out. I lucked out here just because like I help out with so many clubs and. Yeah, stuff like that that I've been, I get good stage. I've been getting good stage great. time. Great, great. Not, but then at the same time, you're the most you get is ten minutes. You're you know? an asset to the scene. It really, yeah. regardless of your lack of experience and talent, you're contributing your time and and uh, and, and skills. 
and people will gravitate you towards that and push you to the front because you're you're uh, you're doing the right thing. And that's that's uh, a lot of people can't get. They rather stomp their feet and complain rather than get in the game right. and start playing. You right. Because this is all part of it. It's right. all part of it. But uh, that's great. And what's your favorite? What's your favorite place to perform at? Um, it's tough. It's tough to say. It's like you want to say the ones that show you the most love. Yeah, but they um, kind of float. Like what you get on a Friday night is not really a consistent Friday night with all the other clubs. There's there's right. a lot of different themes and. And, uh, and, and, but that can change if somebody famous comes in the room, then the whole show's right. canceled. So fucking Johnny Fucknuts can go up and do four hours. Right. And there's been, this is the only spot this guy's had for six months. That's, right. I, I don't like that. I don't like it when people bump. It's interesting. It's like my favorite place. It's like I have the places that I think would be my favorite place. Kind of like you were like, I think I would like the comedy store the best. Yeah. But I'm not in at the comedy store yet. It's yeah, like yeah. I hang out at the comedy store the most, but yeah, I still do their open mic. And then it's like the ice house. I do sh- I do shows at <laughs> the ice house. I get a lot of shows at. Oh man, not dead at this out. So it's like there's the places that I really like to go to, like Meltdown and the Comedy Store, and then there's the places that give me a lot of love, like the ice house and Lovitz. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like they both have their pros and cons, I guess. Yeah, again, love it. All all those clubs so different. They're yeah. all completely different uh, anomalies. It's not like a. And then outside of Hollywood, you get the improvs. They tend to be consistent with kind of you know real people. Right. I like, I like going to Brea in Ontario. Yeah. And I did the Ice House in Pasadena. That, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Great, uh, friendly people, real people. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It made me feel good because the first time I got to do a long set in front of a, a, a decent audience. How and, much uh, time did you do? I think it was like 20 minutes. Nice. It was, uh, it was a good show. It was uh, Russell Peters. Oh, wow. Me and um, Richard Villa and my friend John Paul from Canada. And, and we, we hadn't worked together in years. Did you know Russell back in Canada like before he kind of <laughs> blew up? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, was was it the type when you saw that he blew up? Was it like, oh yeah, that should have happened a long time that, ago? That's actually, you know, when people use that point of reference, he blew up. Russell blew up. Mm-hmm. Like he blew up huge. Right. Like he went from making fifty grand a year doing comedy to yeah. selling out theaters and Opera stadiums houses yeah. around the world. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 No. I, he was actually one of the when I started comedy in Vancouver. I um. I'd moved back to uh, to Toronto area because I knew there was more stage time. And then um, I was doing a show at a, a comedy club, and he approached me after my set and said some good things to the uh, producer of the show, put him on, blah, blah, blah. And then um, we just kind of kept in touch, but it was nothing like it is now. Yeah. You know, he was popular. He was he was hosting a, um, a late-night hip-hop show, with, uh, co-hosting it with uh, Mastermind. On uh, I think it was Energy One Hundred Eight or something, which was, he was doing coast and that. So that kind of so he was he was he's known in the local scene. Yeah, it, especially in the uh, Ontario and um, uh, the province of Ontario a lot in right. that area. He worked quite regularly. I don't think he really went out west. Uh, he I think he did Vancouver a little bit, and, but none of the other clubs. They it, only later in his career when he kind of moved up. Right. But um, no, it was all from a show. I was at that. 
performance that was put on YouTube. Uh huh. And that's what made it a phenomenon. Yeah. And international very quickly. Very, very quickly. But do you think, like, when he, I mean, obviously he's talented and amazing, but when he blew up, were you like, oh, yeah, that should have happened? I didn't know. I or thought, were you just I, like, oh, that's I awesome. saw him, it, it, maybe I. I thought maybe he was too. He was ahead of his time. Yeah. But the 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 internet was the equalizer. It eliminated right. time. Right. Russell had he had all this international appeal, mm-hmm. but at that time he'd only been I think India and the UK and stuff at that time Ireland right. what have you, and um, was gaining popularity in the UK. But um, the um, growing up in the life that he did, he had a, a point of reference for all these countries he'd never been to. So right. when that came out in his material, and it went onto the internet, these people were like, "We get it. We, he's speaking the truth. We, yeah. we don't know who the fuck he is, but how does he know about us? Come here, and we'll pay you a large sum of money to tell us what we're doing." And uh, and that was it. That was it. Yeah. There it is. It was crazy. But uh, one of the uh, most nicest, genuine people you meet in the business. Super nice guy. Yeah. And it's genuine. I've known him for a long time. And, uh, you know. And he's always been like that. He's always been like that. He's always been a very, uh, very, yeah, I, I don't know. He's been always a, a very good ally to me in this fucking lake full of sharks. Is it weird, like, that you've been in the game so long that you see all these people around you, like, Moving up, you know, like n- way higher than you on the totem pole of a uh, stand-up. Did you ever get like jealous or anything no, weird I'm like that? No, I'm famous in other countries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I know what it's like, and it's cool. I've, I've I've had these levels of success and and still have some profiles and in, in, in a celebrity yeah. aspect of the the business. But um, it is actually kind of nice to be a little anonymous. Yeah, kind of be in a place of uh, obscurity at this point. Right. I'm I'm planning on making the same impression as I have uh, with the rest of the world in a, a very uh, near time. Nice. <laughs> I'm slowly, meticulously... Gla- uh, glad I together. met you early then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm building a Frankenstein, and uh, it's almost ready. I'm very excited. We should have a very good point of reference uh, by February of uh, of next year. Of 2014. Yeah. So How long have I, you been in LA now? Like permanently? I know you popped uh, in. December, out. December. I was moved here in 2007, and I was back and forth. Right. You know, I had a girlfriend in Scandinavia, and so I was there touring and stuff. And uh, but I, it took me. I, I didn't really click here for me, and right. uh, I didn't like it. I, I was. I had to swallow some of my pride because the things were so good for me in different places. Right. And, and coming yeah. back here and getting told to do three minutes on a show after doing. You know, a thousand people in Johannesburg, yeah. <laughs> in Africa, all black yeah. people, and me getting a staying ovation, and then having to go on and go, uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was too, the spectrum was too much for me. I was really right. kind of freaking out. Yeah, and like, um, so then, uh, yeah, I, I kind of retooled myself, um, my my business plan, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm building something. It's gonna be cool. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. That's rad. I can't go into detail at this point, but uh, it'll, it's going to be uh, interesting. Oh, and my, my uh, comedy album is coming out and, um, just before Christmas. What's your comedy album called? It's called Rotten. Right. Have you already recorded it? No, I'm recording it November 2nd and 3rd at Toronto Yuck Yucks. There's oh, two cool. shows, one at 8 and one at 
and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Would Rotten. Like, did I show you the cover? The artwork's been uh, I don't think so for a little while. This will be interesting for the listeners. Yeah, it has, it's it's not funny. <laughs> um, yeah. I like the name Rotten, and it goes well with your material. Oh, whoa, that's badass! It's just half your face melting. Yeah, he did a good job. Uh, that's they, really cool. It's all was that from a real picture? Or is that a drawing? No, that's actually from a photograph. So yeah, a real photograph. I have that's a friend cool. of mine. Uh, you can Google Mr. Sam Dark Arts. He's uh, very good. He does a lot of. It's uh, just Mr. Sam. Mr. Sam. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna, when uh, ten years from now, when I want an album <laughs> cover. Yeah, but it's not all like this kind of horror based stuff. If you're wondering what um, um, Ari's just seen, it's a uh, it's my face. The whole reference. There's a. Um, a grindcore band called Repulsion, and uh, they have a um, an album cover, and uh, it's half decomposed. And I really like the kind of the simplicity of it, but I, I want I know a lot of com- comics put their faces on their thing, and they're kind of goofy, silly, yeah. and wacky stuff. So I want to kind of do a little flip on that and kind of give a, a point of reference of what kind of comedy that's going to be on this. It's going to be very grinding. It's going to be rotten. <laughs> it's going to be totally rotten. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be explicit. It's gonna the explicit be, label will be there be on iTunes. Just, you know, I was always a big fan of like Red Fox and uh, really loved those 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 comedy albums. And uh, so I'm going to do a, uh, a just a straight up dirty, dirty comedy album. Dice, another one. Can't when you put out your album, yeah. are you going to retire all that material? And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, of course, Louis C.K., yeah. you cocksucker. <laughs> you set a new standard for all of us lazy so you're cunts. So you're going to follow that, though? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. I'm going to do a DVD, I think, in Denmark. and Of the, uh, of the same stuff? No, no, no. No, Come different. On, new, new hour in, uh, I think, in a, in a year. November, ha- do you November. have anything out released now? No, I've no. recorded this album three times now, and um, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So this one is, uh, we're doing recording four shows. Okay. And then I'll choose from there. Yeah, right. Um, but no, there's a bunch of shit on YouTube. There's been enough stuff on, like, there's tons of my TV performances Mm -hmm. all over YouTube. So I've just been letting the hiding, the people that come to the live show, they get the new shit. People that want to watch my stuff on the internet, you can complain all you want. Fuck you. You didn't pay for it. So watch it. Enjoy it. If you're not, go fuck yourself. Yeah. But uh, if you want to come out and see what I've been my Frankenstein, you got to come to the live show. That's where it's at, though. Yeah, but that live would be a, is that, so much better. So even much. even when you see something on the internet and you're like, "Oh, I love that." Yeah, imagine in person, it's even better. Totally, it's electrifying. It's it's magical. Yeah, it's cool. I, when you see comedy, it, it can uh, it really moves people in in places that they've nef- not necessarily comfortable with. You know, watch David Tell and see you know. 60-year-old women with tears in their eyes laughing and he's it's not even directed at him. some of the most filthiest yeah. well-crafted oh magic you know that that and they have no point of, they don't know each other or anything to have to move people like that's always good i like that or when they cry and sadness have you heard anybody cry or attack you or i've been heckled sure i've been you know it seems like i do this show um it's a bar show on Hollywood Boulevard at the Hooters. Ah, okay. And we get a very wide range of audience because we just bark in people off the street. Tourists. Tourists and stuff. And um, <laughs> so so some nights, the great audience sure. is there to laugh. And then some nights they're like, Cuckoo's nest. Make me laugh or you'll get drunk people or you'll get yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. gangsters or all just all 
kinds of people. So Hollywood Boulevard people. Hollywood Boulevard people. So. Anybody who's listening to this hasn't been to a Hollywood Boulevard. It's it's Satan's asshole. It's so weird too because you think I'm gonna go to Los Angeles, right? <laughs> one of the biggest cities. Like wh- when you think of America, you think of the Hollywood sign. Sure. It's like one, just one of those uh, monumental places of America. You go to Hollywood Boulevard, one of the most famous places, the stars, the, and you think, oh, this place is going to be nice. It's full of trash, homeless people, Transient. crazy, <laughs> insane people. And you're like, wow, this is what's represented. People come here from all over the world think I'm going to go to Hollywood Boulevard, and they're like, this is America? Yeah, they this think it's going to be the best of the best. Yeah. It's really bad. The I, stores I, are nice, but the side, the, the, when you have to go in with the common folk, yeah. it's, it's Lord of the Rings in a hurry. Yeah. Cracked out Spider Man, fucking <laughs> yeah, somebody <He's> dirty, <laughs> homeless. There's this Nicotine guy stains. who walks up and down Hollywood Boulevard for hours, who has uh, no arms and he doesn't wear shoes and he's just covered in dirt. He's a homeless guy and he's just disgusting and covered in dirt. That's ballsy, like, having no arms and living on the street. Living on the street with no, and doesn't wear any shoes or socks, so his feet, his whole legs are just covered in dirt and grime, Jesus. and he just looks like. How is that guy even alive right now? And it's and you walk by and you have to. He smells and you can't even get near him. And it's yeah. just like this is Hollywood. This is what oh, people man. come to see. I was living in Echo Park and there was uh, some stairs that went down to the from the bridge down the street. And there was a stairwell that goes up there <clears throat> near the Echoplex. And it, because of where it's situated, it doesn't get uh, obviously any rain because of the weather. But uh, it doesn't get clean. And people have been shitting and pissing and puking on there. There's like dirty bandages. Needles, needles, human shit, all this stuff. I come down the stairs. There's one guy, just no shoes on, dirty. His head is right beside the shit. And uh, I'm like, I have nothing to complain about. Yeah. I really, that as a point of reference, I have somebody, man, my life, this, that. I go, this, I saw a guy sleep with his head, use a turd as a pillow. That's a good way to look at it. You having a bad day? You don't have to use a turd as a pillow. You don't have to use that. That's going to be my one-man show. You don't have to use a turd as a pillow. <laughs> Quit your crying. Quit your crying. I don't know. I don't have know. you ever done a one-man show? What would you... No, I haven't. Um, but what would you say, like, is a one-man show different than just doing, like, an hour of stand-up? Or is what's, is it, it's just more of a show? Like, what's That's the, funny you mentioned that. What's the difference between a one-man show and headlining? Um, there is a difference. It varies from festival to festival, you know. Um, I think 2007, I did the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland. Biggest, mm-hmm. if not the biggest festival, fringe festival in the world. Mm-hmm. And I went in there with my comedy club, my 60-minute stand-up set. Yeah. And uh, I was rudely awakened by audiences of uh, 6 to 60 in a room that held 120 for almost a month. And uh, from what, observing the other stuff that was going on, a lot of people were, it was more auto autobiographical. How do you say it? About themselves? Uh-huh. It's autobiographical. That's what the word is. I still can't say that word. It's like three times now I've tried to say that. <laughs> Um, and more of a, uh, a kind of a, a 60 minute pitch about their own show. So you know? it's not, it's not necessarily jokes. Like it's more like stories and it's kind of what Hollywood wants instead of six minutes. They want it in 60 minutes. So they go, Oh, you know, you get the managers and agents will give you bullshit and shit. Like, uh, do, do six minutes about yourself. We want to sell a sitcom or something. They want a, a yeah. six minute synopsis of who you are and your parents or point of reference or blah, blah, blah. Right. But they want to see 
something genuine, creative, well-crafted for 60 minutes. And with tons more, uh, you're you're definitely under a much stronger magnification of uh, ridicule and um, so it's and still stand up accolades, but it's it's still stand up, but it's less um, jokes about other things and more. It's just about your life. It could be know. other things. Some people do like PowerPoint impression, uh, presentations and visual stuff, and it varies, but. Um, it's usually about 60 minutes of you yeah. outside a comedy club, you know. Like, are you still supposed to get a laugh every minute? Not necessarily. Yeah. It, it, sometimes it can be a very tragic story that mm-hmm. goes on for minutes, hour, whatever, and yeah. it ends with a big joyful laugh. But yeah. I, it's up to you. It's kind of like you. they want to see what you, all your tools yeah. and how you sharpen them and how you use them. That's all that they're interested about on how... how um, well, you're skilled you are in your craft, and uh, that's cool. You still do that? I no, I won't go back to that. <laughs> it costs like twenty five grand. What do you mean ha- to, to go do, do it? They yeah, you have to pay. Oh, you pay to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the purpose, like the reason to why people seen. pay is to get seen. Yeah. To seen, yeah, it's exposure. Um, Damn. Yeah, it's ma- it's big. You know, you got to rent a house for a month. You got to rent a venue, advertising, food, work. You're not getting. Uh, extracurricular, curricular <laughs> activities, um, all that stuff adds up very quickly. And you wow. think it's in British pounds, so I don't know what the dollar is to the the pound right Not now. Not good. But yeah, it's uh, I was double when I had gone over, so I love half half of my savings just going through currency exchange. Yeah, it was crazy. I I, I can't remember how many thousands of dollars I pushed. I think it was about three grand. And then they hand me like... But in your head, you're like, maybe this will get me my big break. What, the Fringe Festival? Right. I, I That's why of, you do it, right? I was kind of... Yeah, I was asked to do it. I didn't really uh-huh. know it existed. I heard about it here and there, but yeah. I never really looked at yeah, it. Yeah, like a, I've a heard stepping of it. stone. And um, the management company uh, was signed to... Um, said, you're going to do the Fringe. And I'm like, what's the Fringe? Oh, you got to put together a show, blah, blah, blah. I'd never really been there or seen anything. I like it, so... It was a bit of a, a shock, but it was cool. It's it's you look go on their website and just look at their past people. Every everybody has done it. Everybody's done it. Everybody, and uh, some people had great success. Some people lost their dreams. You know, wow. But it's good practice if you can get in, especially as a, if you're not willing to go on the road for long periods of time. Um, for you to go up and go to the Winnipeg. Fringe Festival and go and do your solo show in your own venue and stuff mm-hmm. where the cost isn't that much, but you get a chance to stretch right. and really kind of work your ideas out in front of a room full of strangers that mm-hmm. are just happy to see you or they paid to see you, you know, yeah, whatever dollars it was. But um, that helps. Long longer periods of time. Yeah. Sprinting is is good. You can get very, become a very good sprinter in right. Hollywood, but you need you're forced to. But to be a more well rounded performer. Because eventually, if you become a successful sprinter, they're going to want to see the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you got a great six minutes and you got to do a 40, 50 minute set. Yeah. That's a lot oh, of time wow. to fill when people have paid for a babysitter, you know, yeah. gas, food, tickets, drinks, and stuff. They got a lot of money invested in how good you are. Right. So you see that happen with some people who get famous 
too too soon from television too soon, or they get famous and they jump to headlining as opposed to just totally focusing on improving. Yeah, some people rise to the occasion. You know, some people yeah. go, okay, well, I got to hit the books and and build that hour. Yeah, it's not impossible. No, but um, yeah. a lot of people are just not uh, conditioned for that kind of workload all of a sudden and the pressure. It's right. <laughs> I'm doing this cleanse, man. I'm like, I think I'm four days in now with no food. How long are you going for? Uh, only because I've got to fly to um, uh, Newfoundland on the 18th. Because mm-hmm. usually you'd like to do it for about 10 days. Mm-hmm. And then the last two days you go from orange juice to like vegetable broth and then you start eating solid food. So uh, how so how you're five days in? Five days in. I've only got about four more days, and I gotta host in. this fucking boxing thing with. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be J Max Cornerman. Oh, are you? Okay, yeah. I'm I'm one of the uh, guest hosts. Oh, cool. It's me and Russell, and uh, I think two other comedians. I can't remember. I talked to Mike today. Mike Fairman. Yeah. And Rusty. And uh, I I don't. Do you have Rusty's number? I do. I gotta get that. I think later. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, but I had a nice talk with Mike today about kind of what's going on. Uh, it looks like Don Barris is going to be the ringleader. Oh wow! Isn't that wild? Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I'm excited for that because I was hoping I was going to get that gig. But it's Barris. You got. Hey, he, at least you're killer. part of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. He's he's far more equipped for that racket than I am. He's, he's yeah, he's he'll one be of my great. Favorites. Not that you wouldn't be great, but he'll be great. What What was your opinion when you saw Barris in his environment for the first time? Yeah, I was like. What the fuck? Okay, here's what I here's I was watching uh, like all the acts before him. The first time I stayed to the comedy store till, you know, two thirty in the morning. It's one in the morning. I'm seeing all these comedians go up and there's Well you you, know, you you hadn't performed there yet? I had done their open mic. Okay. But I had never yeah, I wasn't really was seen the new. whole process. I had not seen the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm there at like one in the morning because everyone's like, Oh, just hang out at the store. You wanna get on at the open mic? Just hang yeah, out be get be seen. So so I'm there at one in the morning. All these comedians are going up, just bombing one after another. Because there's only four people in the audience. It's late mm-hmm. night. They have just watched tons. And then, and then I see Don Barris go up, and he just captures them all instant, instantaneously. Yeah. He just had. He's perfect. He's for that, the, he's like a war vet to that club. Like he can handle any situation, and he creates. That's the right. thing. He's a ringmaster of chaos. He create. He can create a, nothing short of a riot out of six yeah. people. You know, good and bad. It, it's such a fucking great uh, thing to see. I love that that whole chaos. And then, you That's know, amazing. of course, Windy City Heat. and I, his, yeah. his, Actually, the Big Three podcasts got me through my breakup, my relationship. I, I was so bummed that. out. Oh, fuck. It's great. It's, it's, it's great. It's hilarious. It's one of the few, if the only podcast, I've gone back and re-listened to episodes. Because they're all. Anytime I think, ah, it's gonna go a little sad. It's gonna. He's gonna sway. It's. He can't maintain this. This is too too much fun. They come out with another episode, and it just brightens up my day. It's hilarious. Um, you sold me. I'm Walter Molinari. I, I know. I've like Scary Perry Caravello. Right. And I don't even want to spoil anybody who's listening to this. Do they have guests out. ever or no? Very few. They have phone-in characters and okay. um, and some people that do, but not as an official guest. Andy Dick okay. was on, I think, one of the few where he cut. He was shaving his assistant's testicles in Perry's bathroom, and he had HIV. And uh, Perry freaked out. Wow. <laughs> Sounds entertaining. It was uh, 
I can't remember what episode it was, but if you go to the Andy Dick episode of Big Three, uh, it's that funny. I don't promote anybody else's shit, but that's bang on. And the movie's hysterical. You're right. Yeah. Classic. But loved it. Loved it. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're watching Dawn. You're watching Dawn and... It's- uh yeah like i was saying it was just the first time i saw him i was like it was right after everyone i was like no one's gonna capture this room this, this it's is, over it's over this is a dead horse and and then i see don go up and it's just like wow that's hilarious and Pied the Piper. only thing that would work right now yeah, it's so it's pretty watch. cool it's pretty that's cool what i love about, that's what i think like the magic like the store is like the comedy the quiet before the storm everybody's Knows that there's there's mayhem is just around the corner yeah. at the bar on the stairs in the back in the rooms. There's something there is such a recipe for mayhem. Right, so many stories from that place. Um, so much no stuff. one would ever shit on the stage at the Laugh Factory, but at the Comedy Store, somebody might shit on the stage. People have been blown yeah. on that stage. Already right. got a blowjob on that stage by yeah. a, a, a a porn star who I think is dead, an old elderly woman. Blue Ari Shafir. When I say Ari, I'm go. saying Ari Shafir. Yeah, not me. No, you, you have a family. I'm Ari number you. three. In this Are you? Uh, or two, stand up? Uh, yeah, like stand up. Why the Ari say there's Ari Shafir? Have you that. have you met uh, Ari? I've met him. I don't know him very well, but I've met him a couple times. Good. We spent a month together in a band. Where'd you guys go? Oh yeah, you guys did like a, a road little tour, right? You, yeah. Ari, and who who else? Was uh, Sam Tripoli and Chris Neff. We That's did right. Monsters of Comedy. I think uh, October. That's pretty cool. I think I watched the, like the you showed me the trailer for yeah. it, and it was really cool, really well edited. Too. Yeah, yeah. Patrick did a good job on the trailer. He's yeah. actually working for Tom Green now. Oh, cool. Yeah, what's he guy, do? What's he, he do for Tom he's Green? He opens for Tom and shoots his video diary stuff and edits some of his videos. That's awesome. I, be, I'll introduce him when he uh, when he comes over. Oh, I think actually, cool. you and uh, Patrick Capolino, better known as uh, Chaz Bono or Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he'll he'll probably be coming when Tom comes back to LA. I think you guys would hit it off. Yeah, he's, I'd love he's to been meet at him. it for a few years. Technical guy, you know he's he's uh, working with Tom. I I was such a big fan of Tom Green um, growing up, just like his MTV show, yeah. and uh, he did like this. And I was also a nerd, and he did this online like video show out of his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> that was so cool to me because no one else was doing like now. Everyone does an online video show out of sure. their house, but when he did it. I oh yeah, yeah, I had not heard of anyone else doing that. No, and he made it all professional looking, and he had all these famous people coming over watching, and I yeah. would always watch, and I would like be on active on his message board. I was like a big oh cool. Tom Green so you've nerd. never met him? I've never met him. Oh well, yeah. we'll definitely because uh, uh, him and Harland and um, oh and Har- oh man, Harland's we, we go so hilarious. And uh, those guys, he's probably one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Really? To watch oh Harland. good. Yeah, both Canadians. Yeah, both Canadian. So funny. Tom is he's gotten. He's, I was a little skeptical when he was making his way into stand-up, but he's put together a, a fantastic stand-up show. He's a proper yeah. stand-up comic. Yeah, he seems like he's you know? worked really hard and, and he's, he's on the road. And he's a great show, and he's traveling. Saying, I saw him at the parlor one time, and I was going to go. Yeah, I was just, there. I brought him down. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, was, I wanted to just, like, meet him, you know, but, oh, but he was talking to a lady, so I didn't bother him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely meet him. He's, he's a good guy. We, we had a, it was an interesting story. I'll show you the video. I can't. I post it, but uh, I'll show yeah. you in private. Um, 
we had never met before and he was hosting a, a comedy night at the Rivoli in Toronto on Queen Street. That has no point of reference mm-hmm. for you. I don't know if I said that. But, uh, How long ago was this? Uh, this is when Tom just blew up. His MTV show just fucking... And so he was doing stand-up then? No. He, he was he, just hosting. He was just hosting. Okay. He, what he did, he came out with milk bags, barbershop hair, <laughs> a fan, a bag, a garbage bag of barbershop hair, mm-hmm. and a huge fan, uh, milk bags... And uh, two fryer baskets, like deep French fryer baskets. Yeah. And did all this crazy shit. Well, I drank a bunch of Ipecac that makes you throw up. It's for people who've been poisoned. Mm-hmm. And drank a huge bucket of this vegetable beef soup. And um, things got out of hand. And Tom had his fingers down my throat. And I was throwing up into the audience. And I had vice grips on my cock. <laughs> <laughs> and so... And then uh, he took he, the puke fingers out of my mouth and then put him in his mouth. And then I started throwing up more. People were slipping. An ambulance had to be called. There was blood clearing. I have it all on tape. It's Oh, my chaos. gosh. So um, that's how I met Tom. That was our <laughs> first meeting. And we just started improvising this fucking crazy thing. Like, the place was rammed. Like, it right. just, it just, he blew up. Right. You know, and... Uh, that was it. And I, I kept in touch with him and, uh, like, Derek Harvey and um, um, uh, Glenn Humplick and uh, a couple other people from the show. And uh, Tom was out of the uh, uh, stand-up scene. I uh, wasn't even in it. You know, he started off as a stand-up comedian in Ottawa. Right. And then uh, when he started to circulate, we kind of reconnected and stuff like that. But, yeah, him and Harland together, I, I can't – I giggle. They just, yeah, it's, they're just, they don't, you, they don't even say anything. You're just contagiously hilarious. And yeah. Funny. That people. was my favorite to watch on that show. I was talking about his house whenever Harlan would come over. I was like, yeah. So funny. Yeah. Harlan's great. He just did a special. It's in the desert. I know. I haven't seen it. I want it. It's Is interesting. It, you watched it? Yeah. It's I've good. seen, I've seen some clips of it and, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's a real deal weirdo. You know, he's him, Tom, I, and, uh, you know, are legitimately, brilliantly crazy fuckers love it it's great it's so much fun and they got a really good attitude and disposition about them they're nice guys i'm gonna can i have another hit off of that yeah i and let's uh wrap it up yeah so i could show you how to do everything yeah well that's uh that's been uh how long we've been talking an hour and an hour and 12 fantastic an hour yeah but that's uh that's been the show what day is it today september 12th September 12th. It is September 12th. Yeah. And it's hot, but winter's coming. It's going to get to plus 10 Celsius. Yeah, it'll still know. be hot yeah, compared yeah. to Canada. Great. It's going to be winter. Freezing. But uh, thanks for uh, coming on the show, Ari. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate cool, it. Don't kiss me on the mouth. Don't ask if you're hurting me. And if you hear the safe word, stop what you're doing immediately. Do you have pantyhose?